This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven. Robbery homicides take you. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. My name is Blake Howie. Let's just flash back in time. About July, August of last year, when I was coming up with this project, I tactically contacted a few people. You guys know because you've heard me talk about Stu Coot, who's a, a veteran of the show, Luke Buckmaster, Garth Franklin. They've been on the show many times. But at that time, I emailed the gentleman that's sitting in front of me. This is one of the premium Heat fans in the entire world. He also happens to be an exceptional, talented filmmaker that now, with his debut, Hotel Mumbai, that's just had its Australian premiere, people around Australia and around the world know what I saw in his incredible film when we met, The Palace. Uh, The talent that this guy's got. His director of photography, the incredible Nick Remy Matthews, that merged the incredible real-life footage in Mumbai and stages in Adelaide into this effortlessly gorgeous-looking film, um, has already joined me on the show. And this man has been too busy until this very moment to talk to me. But it's perfect. Right now we're sitting in a cafe and we're about to discuss the 94th minute of Michael Mann's 1995 crime opus heat. In fact, Robert De Niro's character, Neil McCauley, is literally telling... Vincent Hanna about a dream where he doesn't have enough time. <laughs> he is my good friend, Anthony Morris. His incredible film, Hotel Mumbai, you're going to see in Oz um, in a wider release in April, but if you, are, or if you have been at a massive reception for it in Adelaide, um, we had a resounding reception, uh, I got to watch this man tell the local crowd to stop clapping in his standing ovation <laughs> because he was a bit embarrassed. Anthony Morris, welcome to the long overdue appearance on One Heat Minute. Good morning, Blake. How are you, sir? <laughs> Mate, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy that you're finally here. As am I, and you're not even going to believe this, but last night, after probably a month of trying to coordinate it, my editing team uh, got a package to me, and I picked it up from um, from the apartment where I live, from the front uh, reception area, whatever. And it was a big post pack, and they're like, "Look, it's for you. We know you'll probably like it. You, you know, your listeners probably won't believe it because the timing sounds like bullshit." But when I opened the package, it was an original poster from 1995, uh, release of Heat wow. in uh, Australia. And I literally opened it just last <laughs> night, and I thought, "What a coincidence that today." We're here speaking about uh, the 94th minute of what is, you know, one of the most inspirational films to me as a filmmaker, i got to say. So, uh, great one, stuff. One of the things that folks are going to see in Hotel Mumbai is uh, there's one strike. We're not, we're not going to talk about it in this minute. We're not going to get too distracted. We're going to dive straight into the minute because Anthony is, as I've said, a premium Heat fan. But um, in his film Hotel Mumbai, one of the things I was really struck by, and I've talked to a lot of people about it so far, is just the sound design in Hotel Mumbai echoes that of heat like the the gunfire in hotel mumbai had the audience around me 
jumping, leaping from their seats, so emotionally and deeply effective. And I, I was just reminded of this upcoming heist scene, which people, you know, for a film made in 1995, no one really gets it, but you guys replicated that the sheer terror that a gun actually has. None of this desperado Antonio Banderas diving through the uh, the air shooting your twin guns. Guns are scary things in real life and especially in the public and you're deeply human and great film. Mate, congrats. Thank you, sir. Uh, um, had all of it. Had it all. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that scene in Heat because maybe looking back on it, I can see it. It wasn't a conscious influence, to be honest, for that scene. Um, we were trying more to just, um, I guess as you said, give the audiences a sense of, um, you know, of what it felt like to go through that stuff. And it's brutal. And yes. It's, and it's not pretty. So. No. There's no glamour. There's no, no, there's gl- no glamour. There's no, want, there's no glamour in terror. We don't want to make it gratuitous. You know, no. these are difficult things. So, yeah. Well, look, we're going to dive into the minute. We'll probably talk about a bunch of stuff. I don't have much time with Anthony today, as much as I would have liked, because he's exceptionally busy, but I appreciate your time. We're going to watch together the 94th minute, then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. Let's do it. And i got to wake myself up and stop breathing or I'll die in my sleep. You know what that's about? Yeah. Having enough time. Enough time to do what you want to do. That's right. doing it now. Not, not yet. You know, we're sitting here, you and I are like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do, I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face, if I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it. But I'll tell you, if it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're going to turn into a widow, brother, I will not hesitate. (laughs) Brother, (laughs) you are going down. Now, what is really fun is not always do I get to watch the minute as someone is watching it, as we've just done. What I love about Anthony is he's mouthing every piece of dialogue (laughs) that is happening in that scene. An annoying habit, yes. No, not a bad <laughs> habit. It's probably my habit. I think if my wife had watched me watch this movie again, or anyone knows, I'm just, I can say every line of dialogue before it's going to happen. And we're sitting in a cafe together. We are. And, you know, that scene's obviously the, the big scene in Heat. And, uh, yeah, it's two, uh, two masters at their profession who are now sort of taking a step off the battlefield and sort of sniffing each other out. It's a great scene. And... You as a director, you're watching those guys. Such a beautifully staged little canvas. How much business are they doing with their face as a performer there? You sat behind the lens and watched great actors. Like, how much business is going on in that scene for you when you're watching it? Are you just, like, marvelling? You know, Pacino and De Niro are legends, obviously. And I think with both of them, especially in that scene, it's very much... They know that the camera is reading their thoughts, and they don't. They don't have to do too much. Yes. And you know, both of them, their own way, at least as far as I can, as far as I'm concerned, they're masters at saying so much, saying so little, obviously, and just knowing how to just be in their skin. You know, they can make doing nothing look very interesting because so much is going on. And again, yeah, I think they know the camera sees a lot, so they. And I think they're just get, getting into a headspace and we feel the rest. Yes. And 
is that when you're watching that is it hard like one of the things I wonder is you know you work with some great actors in, in especially in your debut film is that like a, an ingredient for a great actor like especially when they're framed like that to just know to do less like is it something that you observe like with some of the more experienced performers I you work so. with I think so I think so I don't I think everyone has their own process I really do yeah and as a director you know you, you hope that you've cast the film well because if you have I think a lot of your work is taken out or well, not a lot of your work it's the wrong thing you know the, the magical ingredients aren't going to come from you they're going to come from it, recognising it in others yes and at least for me on Hotel Mumbai the biggest joy I had was you know we had a we had a document we had a script but the way an actor can come in and breathe life into that script and show you things and make you feel things that you'd never intended that's the real joy of it yes and, um, you know, we just watched two masters do it there. <laughs> yeah. These guys, um, I want to I wanna ask Ant, because I haven't actually asked him, when, when did the obsession start for you with him? So what I, what I, don't, what I hadn't, haven't had a chance to talk about the podcast is, Ant, as busy as he is, he's a director, he's going through this process, is I could email Ant uh, and, and ask him how he was going, how everything was going with the film and things like that, and occasionally when he got a chance he would, he would message. But even if I just wanted to, you know, prod him and make him feel better, maybe put a smile on his face, I know I could flick a line of dialogue, usually from this cafe scene or from some other point in the film, and then I'd get a text back. I would always get a text back. I hadn't heard from Anthony a bit and just want to check in and see how he was doing. All I'd do is, you know, brother, you are going down. And something would come back, you know, something would go out there. When did you get obsessed with me? I was a teenager when it came out, and I think films can have a different impact on you depending on what era of your life you're watching them in. And I think with Heat, it's, you know, it's, it's different to a lot of the other types of films as a kid, as a teenager, you're used to watching. All of a sudden, it's you got something which is operating on a superficial level that as a teenager, you know, you like to watch things go bang. But there are all these other levels that even though you can't articulate or you're maybe not consciously aware of what they are, you sense that there's way more to this story. Yes. And... Yeah, and I think it's um, from, yeah from when I first watched it. I remember I I hired it from a local video store, a Connell Street video store. <laughs> um, the guy who owned that place, his name was Gary, and he's before he left from the UK. Interestingly enough, this is similar to a character in Heat in a roundabout way. Before he left the UK, he got really smashed one night, and um, and his mates tattooed on his on his chest on the night before he left. <laughs> made in the UK or made in London <laughs> or something it reminds me of that you know what do I look like then? Oh, the born to lose that but no Gary Gary supplied me my uh, my fix of films that I wasn't allowed to rent in other places <laughs> so congrats thanks Gary oh look and we all need enablers we all need enablers for heat at, at when, it, when it kicks off yeah no I'm much the same I saw it when I was young and it just starts and then like you said I think the be- very best films that you carry with you start to mean more when you can watch them ten years later, and go, I I had no percep- yeah. I had no perception of what was going on in that whole in whole chunks of this movie, and in this scene, I love it so much because I'm like, I, I, this is the this is the pièce de résistance scene, yeah. of course. But and it's interesting because like I had actually seen Heat before I had seen Wild Bunch, which yes. is kind of you know it's obviously you know like an urban reworking of it. So as I guess you know most people who were who are older got to see it the other way around. It's interesting to go back and see. Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch. After having seen Heat, and be like, oh, it's like Heat. I know that actually came from the other way around. 
And I've just heard that Mel Gibson is looking to... To do Lava. And, he's, and he said he, he's, he's found a way to approach the script I read in a news item this morning. And I was like, did you copy? Did you read Heat again? Or did, you watch, <laughs> did you watch Heat, Mel, um, uh, when you're doing it? Oh, I, I, I have faith. I hope he does well with it. Yeah. Well, I mean... Peck and Par films, like every, you know, everything. Yeah, everything a, is everything yeah, is sacred. sacred and not. But it's like like you said. That's. Um, I don't think we've talked about a direct connection with Wild Bunch, but man loves Peck and Par. Man loved. I'm Peck pretty Peck. sure it was. It was. I don't know. Well, you'd know better than I would, but I think that it feels like an urban. I thought it was, the intention was he wanted to do Wild Bunch in the city, basically. Well, I, that that's if you heard it here first, because I hadn't heard that direct ins, direct inspiration, but I know that I think in his top ten films, there's yeah. Peck and Par in there. Yeah. Has to be. Has to be. Has gotta to be. be. Gotta be. Yes. It, uh, I mean, Peck and Par made the movies that Michael Mann made, like Dudes in Crisis. Yeah. At the end of the road, this is what this movie is. This is what it is. It's so great. These two guys. Have you met? Them? In your travels, these guys? I haven't, but interestingly enough, Anupam Kerr, who plays Hamad Oberoi, yes. I think has become pretty good friends with De Niro. And so he's in New York now filming a TV show called New Amsterdam. He'd worked with De Niro on Silver Linings Playbook. Yes. And, um, he's great. They're great together. They're great it? together. They catch up now. I see Instagram videos <laughs> where like, De Niro is singing uh, Happy Birthday with him. It's, it's totally surreal because you know he's, a, uh, he's definitely a... a you know, as a titan, you know, for me at least. And, um, yeah, they're mates, so hopefully he gets to see Hotel Mumbai soon. Um, but, no, I've never met him directly. No, that's cool. Well, look, you know, I, I'm just wondering. So, when... What is it about, do you think, you know, you're a screenwriter too now, um, what is it about the dialogue in this movie that just seems so out of time and cool? Because I wonder in this particular mm. sequence, like, they capture something amazing because they can especially the dream sequences that we're sort of tailing onto, they did a lot of improv together. So, you know, they it's almost like they're spilling their guts about exactly what they feel the character's inner workings are. And so, like you said, there's that effortless sort of inner workings we're reading their mind, but they're sort of spilling their guts at the same time, which is great. What do you think about, like, why it makes it so cool? Why it's in so this damn scene, quotable? In this scene in particular or throughout yeah, the film? Throughout the film, but it's kind of both. I don't know, it, it's so effortless. And it feels very grounded in a reality which just, it doesn't feel like any of it's written. Yes. It really, you know, everyone and every director really, I guess, is in a one way or another, is trying to create the illusion of the first time yes. with whatever they're doing, you know, trying to be in the moment. Heat, for me, feels like that. Maybe, I guess, you could point to lines that, you know, don't live up to that if you really, you know, take a microscope out. But on the whole... If you decide to do a 170 <laughs> episode podcast, well, and yes, exactly. So I'm actually speaking to someone. No, no, but it's no, it is. It's, you know, throughout it, doesn't matter who's saying it. We quote with Nick a lot, my cinematographer, different lines, and even if they're very random. So you got, you know, yeah, it's just flying around. So you got to know how to grab it. See, I know how to grab it. Just random, you know, bits like that. Um, also, I don't know. I just think it feels very authentic and very real. But it's more than that. Yeah, it's, it's electrified and it pops in a way that that is quotable but doesn't seem movie-ish. Yeah. And I, I, I like... Um, what people are going to notice when we confess to Anthony is right now, uh, as a, as a, a freelancing critic, um, my favourite game at the moment is can I get a heat quote into a film review? 
Ah, right. <laughs> can, yes, that's can, a good one. Can I, if it if it's if it suits, <laughs> can I get it in there? And my favourite one recently, I was reviewing a comedy called The Breaker Uppers, and I saw it twice in one day. And I said, and when I had a chance to see it a second time, I did not hesitate, not for a second. But yeah, no, I think you're right. It's just this weird thing where the lines can totally work in isolation, but it's like, it's like a dog whistle for heat fans out there where just something about it, that clicks. line just clicks and it's like, that's too good to be real. Like, it's like too good to be real. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't know if you can divorce it from the casting and the whole direction as well. Yes. So, which is, so I've read Heat as a script a number of times. And I don't know if you could put yourself in a time machine and go back before you'd ever seen the film and you read it. I don't know whether it would have the same impact off the page. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that makes Michael Mann such a singularly amazing director is, you know, he's a writer, he's a director, he produces, I think, a lot of his stuff as well. But he's got such authorship over the final film because he's just got so much input to every single facet of the production, you know painstakingly details the regimens that the actors are going to go on in terms of their training things to be authentic whether it's you know how Tom Cruise is going to train with his stuff in collateral whether it's you know the weapons training or other other technical things that they do for these actors Will Smith and Ali 11 months of boxing training all of that and you know I think if you take it in its totality it's not, I don't know if it's just the written words. I don't know if it's just the casting, just the direction, just the way he works with the cinematographer capture it. You add all of those things together, and it, mean, you know, it means something. You know? yes. And I think that's... You watch you know, 10 seconds of any Michael Mann film or any great one, and you know who's directed it. Yes. Know? And there's a lot of films makers you can't say that for, but you can, you can definitely say it for Michael. And, yeah, it's just effortlessly... Uh, effortlessly done it seems like there's a lot to it <laughs> yeah it seems effortless on the yeah. screen but you're right when you, get, you unpack all those painstaking elements it's like a big yeah it's it's an incredible yeah, he's bringing so many layers together um, yeah. it's funny you said that because in this particular script and in this scene De Niro Art Linson so Michael Mann wrote Heat after he'd done LA Takedown mm-hmm. he writes he, he, he expands it into heat and yeah. art, the famous incredible producer and he wrote a fantastic book I'll have to find the book name and I'll put it in the post when we post this episode Art Linson wrote a great book just about producing an incredible producer and he read the script and Michael Mann's like oh I'm going to give this to someone to direct and Art Linson read the script and he goes you are a madman if you don't direct this film. Like, this is your and next project. why did project. he want it? Because he felt he covered that ground on LA Takedown. Maybe, or? yeah. I think yeah. he was like, oh, I think I've covered the ground. Maybe I'm just going to ride it and give it. It's just, this is something I'm just working on. And, and Art Linton was that person that said, no, you're not going to do it. And the great one is that, you know, that De Niro himself was the first guy that read the script and was reading for Neil. Like, Neil was the role that he was going to take. And then as soon as he'd signed on, they got, they got Pacino first. They were the first two wow. guys. And uh, even De Niro said at times, he goes, look, if I'd read this script, the script was so good that I, 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 I was desperate to have Neil. He said, but if Al had read it first and took Neil, I would have taken Vincent. Wow. So it's like a, a weird... Well, thank alter- you, Art Linson, then. Uh, yeah. If, if, in case Art Linson hasn't listened to the show, thank you. <laughs> thank, you, thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for doing it. But yeah, it's that weird thing of like... Um, and I've read the script, too. There's something about the lines on the page, even the most subtle of tweaks, a dropping of a word, uh, an increase in the cadence. Because, you know, folks, if you ever read a script, 
none of the pacing's there, none of the delivery's there, and, and these guys, and just little lines. My other favourite one that I'd like to text Anthony time and time again is uh, Ferocious Arnhem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really like it's, it's funny, you might have covered this as well before, but I read on the internet or somewhere that Pacino said he played, um, he played Hannah as though he was a coke addict. Yes. And... Um, and it's interesting because obviously the wife is hooked on prescription medication. Yes. And even though for whatever reason they didn't show, you know, Vincent actually doing that, you go back and watch the film with that knowledge, which I did, and it's like, yeah. of course he is. Like yeah. that makes it, it, it makes so much sense now. It makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. I I like the mania. I think the mania. That's one thing. That no, works totally. Because totally, yeah. he's, he, you know, people are like he's such a manic performance. I go, just go back and see when he's actually yes, acting absolutely. manic. Absolutely. And it's and, and there's it's, a reason for the character to be doing it. And it's only in every scene where he's got to trying intimidate to, someone. Where he's trying to intimidate yeah. someone. He just goes crazy yeah. and does he's, up and down. He's not manic when he's looking at the body of the woman on the ground. He's no. not manic when he finds. You know the girl with the slit wrist, his stepdaughter. Yeah, yeah no, he's, it's a it's a nuanced performance, but I think he's intentionally bold in those other parts. Yes, I love that. Well, look, I know we don't have much time to go right, because Anne is incredibly busy. But what I wanted to say is, mate, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank Huge you. Huge congratulations thank on you, the sir. film. It was incredible. I really enjoyed it, um, and I got to be a part of it in the in that screening with your ovation, and I was uh, chuffed, completely chuffed for you. So. Means, mate, means a lot that you came to see it. We first met at the Actor Awards many years ago and have been mates since. Yes. And I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get here. No, mate, right. it's totally fine. And one, one behind the scenes is after Anthony had won an Actor Award for his incredible short film, The Palace, um, which really is like the appetit for if, uh, for Hotel Mumbai. It shows a lot of the, the skill that was there and he's built it into this incredible feature. I watched Anthony eat a gyros and spill garlic sauce on his newly awarded actor award terrible it was so but uh, it was such a down to earth and grounded dude that I just cacked myself and I couldn't believe it it was so amazing thank you mate for being a part of the show <laughs> thank you sir. And, and just one final question for fans because sometimes there are digressions in the show we go for many times how beautiful is Army Hammer in real life it's unbelievable he's a legend he's so smooth <laughs> such a legend and both actually- Dev and Army we were here in, uh, for the Adelaide Film Festival and I just said to a couple people like oh Dev he's so great and I said yeah and also not only are they both charming but Army Hammer is like it's like Farrah Fawcett beautiful as a man it's scary he's a, he's a charmer man <laughs> he, he pulls the moves he's cool really cool guy alright guys thank you so much for listening to this tight but uh, I think really a loaded episode of One Heat Minute and thank you so much for being a part of the show and we'll catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute just around the corner thank you